Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of The Caring Classroom. This is our series on belonging. Uh, today's episode is called, let me find it here. Oh, what's distracting us from building belonging? This is quite a special episode for me. This is with a, I did it with a good friend and colleague of mine. We are currently working on our masters together and uh, it's quite meandering. It's very different than the other interviews I did. It's not very linear. Um, and I often felt like she was interviewing me instead of me interviewing her. However, I think we had some really interesting conversations and um, it definitely called into question a lot of things that I had kind of taken for granted about belonging. Uh, she is very wise and very pensive. And this is a look at belonging from the perspective of an elementary school teacher. So have a listen and let me know what you think. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to uh, talk with me tonight. I'm very excited to hear all the wonderful things that you have to say. You're welcome. That was a big sigh. <laughs> Are you not excited to be here with me, my friend? I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. It's okay. It is a little recorded. bit odd, okay. yeah. But just ignore. Like pretty soon, we'll just ignore yeah. it, and it's just us having a conversation. Okay. Right. Like it's not. Yeah. That because that's what it's supposed to be. Like it's supposed to take the authenticity of mm -hmm. you and I having a conversation about belonging, mm -hmm. and other people get to hear it and think about it and mm -hmm. add their own thoughts to it. Right. Okay. So that sounds good. Okay. Okay. So what is your definition of belonging? Do you have a specific definition? Officially, no. Because, um, like, will I develop one to kind of have? I think yes. But I think even every every person has their own kind of definition and their own baggage and story that gets attached to that. And mm -hmm. I think that that's valuable. So no matter what I try to define it as, it's still going to mean something different to you than it is to me. Mm -hmm. And so that's a hard thing to define then. And I don't want to take that that definition away from other people right okay so then that would explain why I find these questions hard to answer okay because if we have our own definition of belonging then how do we really cultivate it and then yeah. how do we have evidence that we did cultivate it yeah that's a good point so interview over then I guess <laughs> we'll just go home we can just have cake and relax and no that that's the interview no. that's what I want to get into yeah. is if, if it's all different, can you decide, like, if your version is different mm -hmm. than the teacher next to you, mm -hmm. can you all say as a school, mm -hmm. we're cultivating belonging, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think yes. I think there are still, there's still always common ground mm -hmm. that you have, right? So for me, it's um, that a kid feels welcomed and accepted mm -hmm. and cared for. Mm -hmm. I think those are, those are important components for me personally mm -hmm. as a teacher I think other people might bring belonging into it in terms of academics right can they feel like they fit in with their peers mm -hmm. in terms of how successful they can be and things like that for me it's way more of the social emotional stuff mostly because I think once that's taken care of let's say let's pretend that that'll just happen checkbox let's, let's pretend let's pretend then I think the other the other stuff will come but but that stuff matters more to me. Okay, so the other question I have then culturally, because my worldview is different than my students' worldview. Absolutely. So culturally, K 
can we, for our students, show that in different ways, different ways of caring, or is it so culturally specific that that would be hard to show care and show acceptance and welcome? I think, I think it's important to, in my opinion, I think it's important to be culturally sensitive, right? So for, for you, so for example, I'm quite a touchy person with students, which I know is like a strange world that we live in right now with that, with touch, but I find it so powerful to just like touch someone on the shoulder Mm -hmm. and say, oh my gosh, you did such Mm -hmm. a good job. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and, Mm -hmm. and there's that physical contact, but at the same time, there are some cultural backgrounds or even just family backgrounds or experiences that some kids have had where you can feel it, right? Mm-hmm. You touch their shoulder and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, get off of me. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And so things like that, then I have to work really hard mm-hmm. to do something different. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that in the rest of my class, I'm going to stop touching a kid on the shoulder. If that, mm-hmm. if you can feel that that means something to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. feel cared for. Cause mm-hmm. it's still, it's still me and who I am. Mm-hmm. I have to do authentic things in my classroom that work for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if I'm trying to cultivate belonging, I also have to feel like I belong in that room, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. and so, I can't say I want to make this person belong and this person belong, and so I do all these different things, and I'm always thinking about that. I think there are a lot of things that overlap, and there might be a student or two here or there who might need something a little different, or their definition of care mm-hmm. might might look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean there aren't things that we can build in that work for the majority of students Mm -hmm. and find alternatives that again, work for the majority of students. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So then what I'm wondering as well is for some teachers, I think, well, I'm cultivating belonging in September. Okay. And then I'm done. Yeah. And now the kids are ready to learn. Right. Ready to learn. Mm -hmm. And I seriously question that. Because I think I it's a day-to-day yes. fostering. It's every single day, very demanding yeah. work. Absolutely. Plus the academic. Yes. So I, I like this. I really like this topic because I don't think it's just, I've done this in September. Yeah. I got to know them in September. Everyone feels no. good. And now let's do yeah. some math. If you really think all your kids are feeling good every day and every month of the year after yeah. September, yeah. then you might be missing yeah. a few things on yeah. the radar. But I, I do think. hear it over I do too. and over. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I did it in September. Mm-hmm. You should have seen what we did in September. Yeah. It was, kids were asking yeah. when we were going to learn. And I'm yeah. like, in September though. Yeah. This is a daily yeah. practice yeah. of belonging mm-hmm. and then cultivated by the school as a whole. Yeah. And I do also think, I mean, I'm excited to to ask you some questions because you're the first person I've interviewed who's come at it from more of an elementary background, right? Mm-hmm. Where it is like belonging and community is a little bit, I don't want to say easier to foster, but it's a different environment where you're all together more often, right? Whereas I'm coming at it from all the time. <laughs> no need to mouth it. Okay. You're all, all you're together time. all the time. For better or worse, you're always together all the time. Whereas in middle school, you see them for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see kids once a week, right? And in that time, their lives can change drastically. Mm-hmm. So maybe last week they felt like they belonged, mm-hmm. and then they had this great big fight, and all these things are happening mm-hmm. in the bathroom at lunch, and mm-hmm. then they come to class, and that belonging is ruined. Mm-hmm. And so you can't really say, well, I did this in September. Right. 
because because their kids' lives, and that's also true in elementary school, Mm -hmm. are ever evolving. Mm -hmm. And their own definitions of what it means to feel welcomed Mm -hmm. and cared for and belonging Mm -hmm. is constantly changing. So it's it's different than just community builders. I think that's part of it, right? You get to know the people in your class and you're all kind of bound together in Mm -hmm. this camaraderie sense. Mm -hmm. But belonging is so changeable from day to day that we can't ever say, Mm -hmm. oh, cool, we're done with it. Everyone belongs. Everyone belongs now. Even if everyone belonged yesterday, that doesn't mean everybody belongs today. Exactly. Right? Okay, so this topic is very complex then. It's not just a I would like to think so. Yes, (laughs) I think it's very complex. And if we try to fit it into a box, I think we maybe have not Mm -hmm. done it the justice that Mm -hmm. it needs Mm -hmm. to me. And then I also wonder, too... I like how you say school and school district because I've been thinking too that teachers take this on a lot as individuals. Yes. And it's too much for the teacher just Mm -hmm. to think that I'm going to make this huge difference Mm -hmm. on my own, which is not, I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. So we have to talk about it, I think, as schools and districts and system-wide. Yeah. I agree. And then maybe things that are not aligning with that. Mm -hmm. Do we get to talk about those? Or are there always other things that we have to talk about? Yeah. And and I think that's that's a hard thing. Like, sure, I wish that if I were in charge of a school district right now that I would say, okay, number one priority is making sure people belong. Underneath that, there's cultural sensitivity and uh, First Nations inclusion and all of these things. There's also... Okay, increased literacy and numeracy support and all these things, but belonging fits into all of those things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. And I, I think the difference also, again, is the elementary versus middle school. In elementary, I think there is this pressure for you guys to always feel like you're doing this. You're their classroom teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go to music once in, in the day, but otherwise you're with them all the time. Whereas, again, in middle school you go, well, how can I build belonging when... They're not my, and and so sometimes it accidentally gets moved out of the role of the classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. And I think they do have a lot of power in that, but Mm -hmm. they should not exclusively hold the responsibility of that, I think, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we can't forget about parents. So that parents are, so it's not just one individual classroom teacher. It's not just one grade level. It's school-wide, community-wide, and parents. Yeah. And I think for that matter... And family members, guardians. Yeah. Yeah. We have to make sure parents belong too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a hard thing to do and scary. Mm-hmm. And like the, the school that I was seeing at today, mm-hmm. where a lot of the parents have really bad feelings about school, where they didn't graduate from school, right? Mm-hmm. They, they made it... There was one parent who was saying, yeah, well, I, I dropped out in grade nine. My kid will too. Well, mm-hmm. then you haven't... Someone else didn't make that parent feel like they felt mm-hmm. like they belonged when they were in school. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then it is our job to make them feel like they belong in our school and that their student belongs in our school. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? And that's yeah. just another can of worms mm-hmm. that's very difficult, but equally, equally important. important. And then I also wonder, I've heard from parents where I work, that our community is very clicky mm-hmm. and they cannot... They, they feel like they don't belong because there are cliques at our school and they just can't. Like among the staff? Parents. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. So then, how do you belong if you don't fit into a clique? Yeah. Hmm. Cliques among parents, hey? Cliques among parents. I don't know, I I don't know what to do with that. I'm not surprised by that. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised by that, but it's a little disheartening to me. Mm-hmm. And I hear it because mm-hmm. I have young kids, and yeah. then I see them out in the park or at the beach, and, mm-hmm. and they'll say, I just can't get to know anyone, and I can't, like, I don't fit in here. And I'm, yeah. Can you not be part of a clique but feel like you belong to our school? Yeah. Uh, and and I mean my gut instinct which is always more work is can we build some kind of program that allows that to happen so instead of it always being a parent teacher event right where the parents come and meet the teachers can we have a a library night where it's about parents coming to talk about books with each other right they can come talk to the librarian and things like that talk to a few of the English teachers or things like that but also it's about hey you have a kid who hates reading and they love this book series maybe I can give this a try and can we build those things I don't know and is that our job to build programming for the community in addition to building programming for your school and that would probably happen in after school hours and I believe you have something written on your page about how the teacher's life is demanding. Demanding. <laughs> demanding. <laughs> Demands on the teacher. But also, how can we not? Yeah. What happens if we don't? Yeah. So then we can't create a culture of belonging, yeah. a culture of learning. The belonging and learning mm-hmm. go hand in hand. So if we really want deeper learning at my school, which is part of our mission mm-hmm. statement, if you don't feel like you belong, how can you reach deeper levels of learning? Yeah. And how can the parents understand yeah. learning? Yeah. If we don't feel in some way that we belong. Yeah. So maybe you might not fit into a clique, but you feel do feel pride for the school in some way. Yeah. And maybe part of that is how do you how do we invite parents into our school? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It might not be in the form of, well, this clique is always in charge of making class snacks or this clique is always in charge of these things. And instead, like, hey, we need people to read with our kids and it's individual parents who come in and do it. And some of that is like legal yeah. struggles and things like that. But how can we get parents involved where it's not about the amount of money you have or who you belong to in terms of social groups, but yeah. but more like. We just love our kids and we want to help and support them however we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. And support parents because both schools that we're talking about, the schools end up supporting the parents in a lot of ways, in different ways, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways. So I mm-hmm. find our school emotionally supports parents mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. Maybe not financially always, but sometimes. But in some way, we're always supporting our parent community. Oh, yeah. And then in turn, they support their kids, and then they come to school. Exactly. So. But I feel like the way you're talking about belonging mm-hmm. is very, like, all or nothing. Like, if we can't mm-hmm. do all of these things, then it doesn't count. Then we're not building belonging. Where I think that's a hard way to look at it, because even little baby steps towards that maybe you won't make every parent feel like they belong Mm -hmm. but maybe one of them Mm -hmm. who was really struggling and didn't have a have a place didn't have a group didn't Mm -hmm. weren't part of any of the cliques maybe you found a field trip for them to come along on 
or something like that. And, and on that field trip, you spent five minutes talking to them on the bus and you're like, whoa, that's an interesting person and use them as an example in something or, or whatever, right? And that even that one little thing that was maybe five minutes and an extra, you know, what whatever it was, a permission slip or something can make a huge difference. I agree. Right? Without and it being everyone, <laughs> right? And I would go so far as say it's actually more than that. So I would say everything that we've done at our school has been intentional with parents and guardians and family members brought alongside everything right. we do. Right. Every single thing. So our school, from the day it opened the doors, yeah. the parents were intentionally invited in in many right. different ways so it's interesting that that started from the day the school opened everything we do the parents have to come along with us okay or we can't do what we're doing mm -hmm. so even with that the belonging and pride in our school and even with that mm -hmm. I still hear sometimes in the community that parents don't belong mm -hmm. with parents though it's interesting mm -hmm. so that's their own feeling with each other and we can't and we can't control all of that no, we, we cannot change all of the social order struggles no, that we, we have cannot. in our world no we can try to do what we can do exactly but then do the kids so the question then comes back to how do the kids feel do the yeah. kids feel like they belong so i just did um, a survey the other yesterday okay. actually yesterday and we were asking the kids if they felt like there was two people or more in the building that feel like they'll be a success in life okay which I might think that might be evidence that you feel like you belong here mm -hmm. and people believe in you yeah and a lot of the kids have been in our school since grade since like you just did this with your class yeah just cool oh well, okay. actually all kids okay yeah mm -hmm. And they were listing multiple people in the building and even the retired principal. Right. So they were just listing, listing. They spent the most time on that question. Mm -hmm. And then the two new students in my class mm -hmm. tried to write down every adult in the building. Wow. Two new students. So it's interesting that, like what you're saying here, little things, but I yeah. think actually bigger things might be needed. Bigger like big, very intentional yeah. school framework things that start guiding at the ground up. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yes, the little things matter, but it, the big things matter too. Yeah. And if everyone in the school is cultivating this like we believe in you, you belong here, we think you're going to be successful mm -hmm. and they're feeling it. Yeah. And they're telling us. Yeah, which is amazing. That's, That's exactly amazing. what you want. Exactly. But if there's teachers that think this cannot happen, this cannot happen. We have too many factors. There's too yeah. many vulnerable kids. There's too many demands on my plate. Mm -hmm. Then how do we, how do we prove that, that no. this does work? Mm -hmm. This does work, but it's school wide and mm -hmm. system wide. Like it's mm -hmm. a, it's a collective effort. Mm -hmm. It's a collective mm -hmm. daily effort. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely, mm -hmm. and and intentional choices mm -hmm. that have been made. Mm -hmm. Not just like I think sometimes with belonging, people are like, "Oh yeah, no, it just worked out." 
right? Like we just happen to have a group of personalities or that teacher is just really good at being nice or things like that. And you're like, no, no, there are intentional things that can be done that should be done that I would say regardless of personality of situation, there are things that can build belonging. Right. And I think that's what I'm trying to sort of uncover. Mm -hmm. Can we find these strategies Mm -hmm. right away and say, try this, Mm -hmm. no matter what situation, even if you're not in a school that's only a couple of years old that started from the ground up or they did this, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they will start small. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that eventually we can change some of the system. And sometimes we might have to do it in the reverse way. Right. If you have a well-established school and some of these schools, like their administration change all the time, their teachers, there's so much turnover and all these things. So how do you foster this plan over a long Mm -hmm. period of time when Mm -hmm. at most you have a year with Mm -hmm. the same group of people? Mm -hmm. Right. But maybe then it has to work backwards. It starts with one class or one Mm -hmm. cohort and Mm -hmm. moves to one grade and moves to two grades and Mm -hmm. moves to all the gym classes and all these things Mm -hmm. and then can then can make its way back up. Right, but but it is complicated. It's complicated, but I feel like there's things that have been done that we need to consider in our district. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things I'm noticing is the kin the kindergarten students. Mm -hmm. Do we know our kindergarten students? Do we know their names? Do we know what they're doing? Does the principal know every single kindergarten name? Yeah. Does the principal and the vice principal, do they know their name? Do they know their family right from kindergarten? Like that was an intentional step. And now I have those kindies from oh, yeah. when the, from so when they're the in grade opened. five, yeah. from when the school opened. And they know that people, everyone knew them. The yeah. team knows them. Yeah. And I know not every school, you don't have that where you sit and live in the same neighborhood and yeah. you're going to the same yeah. school since yeah. kindergarten. But if you have a, if you have that start where the kindy, everyone knows your name, you walk into that school yeah. and this is what school is. Mm-hmm. People know you, people care about you, people believe in you from kindergarten. Yeah. And then that happens again yeah. and again and again. And that's the priority in your school Yeah. rather than the sports teams or the running club mm-hmm. or... Nothing to say that doesn't cultivate belonging, Mm -hmm. but if that is the intention when you walk in for every kid, Mm -hmm. every single kid and every single family, we are going to know your name, we're going to get to know you and believe in you. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's make every school do that, right? Let's do that in grade six. Yeah. Let's do that in grade six when they're transitioning. And then let's do that in grade nine when they go into... Um, the high school high school I know and I find that there's more of that attitude in elementary school again and I I don't understand what it is about middle school if it's just that a lot of people aren't there as their first choice teachers or students no one wants to be in middle school you know and I'm not sure if that's what it is but or or there's this kind of idea I'm not sure if it's a you're growing up, you're becoming a grown-up, now you have to kind of fight your way through life a little bit more with middle school. They're only 11. I know, I know, they're only 11. I know, but I but I do think that sometimes, like even the going, like we set up elementary schools, they tend to be quite small, there aren't that many um, kids in the school, and then they get to middle school, and it's gigantic, 
four times the size of building and of kids and all these things. And you go, I eh, hope you do okay. And we've kind of built that system. And so there are some pockets of teachers who are trying really hard to make sure their kids um, are cared for and they have built, found some friends and they know where things are in the building and all kinds of things. I worked with a teacher who taught only grade six and she would like take them. There were some kids who still like couldn't figure out where the bathrooms were, or struggled to open their lockers. And so the first day of school was always a lot of that. But then throughout she would, you know, okay, the lost and found is going to go away soon. So we're going to go on a tour of the lost and found and see if any of the stuff is yours. And that stuff seemed kind of silly sometimes. And other teachers were kind of like, well, that was kind of a waste of time. You got to be working on your standardized test prep or all of these things. But all of those things go into building this culture of people who care about each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's unusual, I would say, mm -hmm. in my experience and my mm -hmm. wanderings in and out of middle schools mm -hmm. and, and things. It, it's mm -hmm. unusual. So I wonder, too, what is distracting us? I always wonder. That's why I brought up the sports teams. Mm -hmm. I know it's funny. The schools that you go to, you can tell the sports teams are the priority. Mm -hmm. And belonging might not be the priority. So are we willing to take a hard look at that? And are we willing to say <laughs> the demands on the teacher are too great? They cannot coach every single team. Mm -hmm. And they have to... Yeah. At elementary yeah. school and and others maybe I yeah I they cannot coach every team they cannot do every intramural if they are going to meet like cultivate this culture and everyone belongs and you feel successful and then you can go deeper in your learning are you willing to give up these things or yeah. what is distracting you from that yeah I know and I think too with a lot of teams or sometimes band and choir and things like that they say the stated reason is all of these things building teamwork and collaboration and belonging and all these things and I go is that true like for me sports was not that but music was yeah. in my personal experience and my my life yeah. that is not always true right for some people sports are wonderful mm -hmm. and they are this camaraderie mm -hmm. that you need for a lot, it isn't. Mm -hmm. and, and it's still like a weird, it's just competition. Yeah. And I don't mean to take the competition out because that's what some people love, da, 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 whatever. But are we making sure that within building these teams and, and having all of these sports programs that are a huge amount of time for mm -hmm. many staff members, mm -hmm. is it also meeting these goals of making sure people feel like they belong? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. And I've seen sometimes it done really well yeah. where it is. And like those kids are incredibly proud to be on this team that sucks a lot. <laughs> right? Yes. Even though like they, they yes. love being part of it. Mm -hmm. And I've also seen it where it's a popularity contest. Yeah. Or and it's competitive. It's just, and it's just competitive. for the parents to go watch. And, yeah. But the teacher's tired. Exhausted. The, cop, the coach, and, yeah, or the music teacher, or even in dance, like it can mm. get competitive. Oh yeah, and, um, yeah. It's interesting how the way that it could, yeah, the intention of it, the yeah. intention of the, the team, intention the intention of, of whatever team that is. Yeah. So sometimes the time is not taken to be intentional, mm -hmm. so that it's just something we always do. We always have this team at that school. Yeah. It's just. 
and the mm-hmm. teacher's always tired and the teacher's always overwhelmed yeah. and the, but that's just something that always happens mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and no and so way. i think it's it's interesting to me too that a lot of these like institutions that we've built into our schools that they always have to be permanent like would it be so like if you have a group of girls one year who love volleyball and they just and they really need to learn some social skills and so you build a volleyball team and they're working really hard and they're learning some volleyball and all of these things and the next year you have a group of kids who generally doesn't care that much about it do you need to have it do you need if no one comes up who wants to coach it does it have to be the coach who's coaching four other teams also do that one or can you say not as a punishment it's always presented as a punishment well because no one stepped up then this person has to do this. And you're like, but no, if no one stepped up, then maybe that's not where the need is. Mm -hmm. Maybe then we do have to start a choir Mm -hmm. or maybe we have to have a book club or maybe we have to do Mm -hmm. these other things. And that doesn't mean we'll never have a volleyball team ever again. Mm -hmm. But there's there's these kind of, you need to have these traditions in schools where mm-hmm. if we did this, we have mm-hmm. to also do this. Mm-hmm. And I think we all we have to stop and think, why are we doing these mm-hmm. things? Exactly. If we're doing them because they mean something, great. Mm-hmm. But if they don't mean anything, then no, please exactly. stop. Right. And the, those traditions can continue because I guess traditionally, kids drop out, kids don't attend. Couldn't mm-hmm. we say the thing? Well, that yeah. just happens. Mm-hmm. Well, but we don't want that to happen anymore. Exactly. <laughs> right? We're trying to make changes so some of those things don't happen. Exactly. So what is our priority? Yeah. Do we want to make this a priority? And I think school districts do because I'm noticing um, very ambitious plans coming forward mm-hmm. about uh, increasing graduation rates mm-hmm. and yeah. belonging and cultural belonging and yeah. big, big plans. So from what yeah. I can tell... This is a district plan as well. These are district goals. So can we start to look at things in a different way, though, and have some hard conversations? And And if we're saying we want every kid to graduate, we want every kid to see success, we want every kid to get the support that they need, we can't add all of that on top of all the stuff that people were already doing. Some things have to go. Mm -hmm. Some things have to simplify. Mm -hmm. Some things have to be shared, Mm -hmm. but people don't want to do that. Like Mm -hmm. change sometimes is kind of painful. Mm -hmm. And so we Mm -hmm. might need to weed out some of those things. Mm -hmm. And that might be the 20 year program that everybody loves. That is it really making meaningful change. And will that be a little bit of a difficult transition at first? course it will be because change is not always easy almost mm-hmm. never it usually hurts it oh. in my <laughs> experience if it's real change that's going to make a difference it hurts it hurts and if you really want real change teachers do have to look in the mirror and start to mm-hmm. examine their own practice and really look at themselves mm-hmm. as well yeah which is really hard to do and it's easier to point the fingers at the kids and it's mm-hmm. easier to blame parents mm-hmm. and it's easier to blame community factors and mm-hmm. class and economics. It's easier to point those fingers than look at what we're doing in the classroom so that mm-hmm. in when your child does come to me for those five hours, that my energy has been put into those five hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I am really trying to create a sense of belonging for every single day. But then I have to look at, again, it's almost like what's distracting me from that. Mm -hmm. 
there are distracted distractions. Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing them as distractions because you know mm -hmm. I've been teaching for 15 years and my views have changed and I, I feel like I know what's important. Mm -hmm. I guess that would be my perspective. Yeah, I sure. Yeah. <laughs> A welcoming, safe environment yeah. that leads to deeper levels of learning. Like I, I feel that. So that's what I want to accomplish. Yeah. And I don't want to be distracted by yeah. things other that stuff. other stuff. Yeah. And I want to build relationships mm -hmm. with parents and I want to spend my time contacting parents and getting to know kids. And mm -hmm. that's but what in I order for do. that to happen, some other stuff might have to go. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I ever told you this. Oh, I read it in some book. And it was so funny because it was like an administrator who was so fed up with paperwork. They were just doing paperwork all the time, all the time. So this was their strategy. They would kind of do what they could through the week, but mm -hmm. wouldn't worry that much about getting stuff done. Then at the end of every week, they would take all of the papers on their desk, throw it in a bag, and just label the bag with the date on it and throw it in the corner. Yeah. And every once in a while, someone would be like, hey, did you not fill out that paperwork? And so then they'd scuttle back to that bag, find mm -hmm. that one piece of paperwork that they needed, mm -hmm. fill that out, and then continue on. Because 99% mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. it didn't even matter. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And we get really bogged down with that stuff. And I mm -hmm. think sometimes teachers do too. Or yes. we get really bogged down with marking and how do we mark this stuff. That was always my least mm -hmm. favorite thing. Mm -hmm. And really, sometimes I would do all this marking, mm -hmm. but none of it was effective feedback. Mm -hmm. None of it was helping my kids grow. Mm -hmm. Well, then why was I doing that? I was yeah, spending exactly. hours and hours and so much stress and this mm -hmm. was constantly hanging over my head mm -hmm. and I wasn't doing anything for kids. Mm -hmm. So why would I do it like that? How can I change and simplify my strategy so mm -hmm. it makes it as meaningful as possible mm -hmm. for those kids, mm -hmm. but also like simplifies my life enough so I can do other stuff that really does matter? Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Right? How can I metaphorically put stuff in bags and throw it in the corner? But I thought that was so great. I've sent that to a couple of people and been like, you need to do this with your life. Just give Just it a try. Throw the bags in the See corner. See what happens. Yeah. Try it for a month. Yeah. I think it's pretty no. interesting. Because <laughs> the value of FaceTime, is that what people call it? Face-to-face, one-to-one mm -hmm. one time mm -hmm. with a child? Much more so than the value of one-to-one one with a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to start our interview now. Are you ready? No, no, no. I, I've been recording the whole thing. But I haven't asked you any questions. This was a question. I know, but you were asking specific. me those questions. Oh, but then I led to specific <laughs> actions. It's good. It's good. I'm pretty sure we we're done. We did. You know, we're not done. Okay. I feel like I've done way too much talking in this interview, which is the problem. So can you start? Tell us. Um, a little bit about, because we don't know anything about you, oh, okay. my friend. I mean, I do, but mm. other people don't. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your, your educational background. Like, where were you at? Where are you at now? In terms of what you teach, but also philosophy stuff, etc. Okay, so I currently teach grade five. I've been okay. teaching for 15 years. I've only taught elementary school okay and I was a substitute teacher teacher on call for two years I may have 
walked into one or two or three middle school classrooms, maybe okay. one high school classroom. By accident. But, but <laughs> I just, they forced me to go there. Right. Um, but it's been elementary school. Okay. Um, mostly grade four, five, and six. Okay. Okay. And all subjects. Okay. Not usually music. Okay. Usually we have music teacher mm -hmm. and my teacher. So I got a Bachelor of Science degree and then I did a two year education program okay. and now I'm doing my master's okay. in education. Okay. So can you tell us a story about when you felt like you belonged at any point in your life? Well, I guess it comes back to the definition of belonging. Okay. So no, I don't find it easy to tell a story when I do feel a sense of belonging. That okay. doesn't come naturally to me. Okay. So my answer would be no. Because I worded it, can you? And you said no. <laughs> no, I cannot. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's not, I don't, I'm not sure about that question okay so For myself okay that's fair so I kind of gave you my definition of what mm -hmm. I kind of feel like belonging is mm -hmm. and that's somewhat within my education practice but also just like for myself mm -hmm. that is what it feels like to me mm -hmm. do you have your own kind of definition of belonging it's interesting I find this question this topic really interesting because what I think about usually is not belonging or not fitting in. Okay. So to actually belong, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Is that, that really the opposite? Right? Yeah. Not belonging and belonging. Are those the opposite? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm okay. not quite sure what that... It just feels really personal to me. I don't mm -hmm. know if that's like... I don't know. I don't... That's really hard for me to <laughs> think about or define or... I, I actually don't know. Because okay. usually I'm thinking questioning my sense of belonging in places like in your people. in your regular life yeah in life and do you find that it's pretty easy for you to to fit in to a lot of things or do you find that you're often thinking like oh yeah no I don't belong here oh this is not a place where I fit in yeah usually I'm thinking I I don't quite belong yeah I don't quite fit in here and how do you know when you do like, is it just like a gut feeling kind of thing? Like, oh, this feels right. Or, or like, how do you know if it does? I don't know. Okay. I don't think I know what that feeling is. Or I can't, I can't describe it. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, it's hard to articulate it. Yeah. But have you felt it? I'm not sure. Because I'm usually questioning... Whether you really do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is why I find this topic fascinating. Yeah. Because it seems so individual and it personal. Is. And what, how do you describe that feeling? Like I, it's like I can't, I actually can't describe it to mm -hmm. you right now. So if I was to measure it at a school or <laughs> in a child, yeah. you know, maybe I could kind of infer some things, but yeah. I don't know how you would actually describe that okay would, would this be a clue maybe that you want to keep going back to that place or you want to keep going back to that group of people 
Like you, something's yeah. pulling you back. Once you find it, you have this. Mm. Okay. I like that. I think there's, there's definitely that that's a piece of it. Okay. That you want to keep going back to it. Yeah. Mm. Or for, for me, I would say like to put it into your words of like not belonging. Mm -hmm. If I feel like I never want to go back, mm -hmm. then I know for sure. Like, Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel like I belonged there. Yeah. No one cared whether I was there or not. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or I'm just sort of like there. Yeah. But I don't really fit in. Yeah. Or I, I just don't. Yeah. Get that feeling of, um, but, but maybe I just haven't experienced it yet in my life that I've been <laughs> in that, that place where I just keep wanting to go back mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. So maybe I just haven't felt it yet or I haven't, it, maybe it hasn't hit me. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, I think when you say it's personal, mm -hmm. it is completely mm -hmm. And so that's why I find it so fascinating and then why it's also like this mm -hmm. challenge of how do I now tell people how to build it? And mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I necessarily can, mm -hmm. but I think that's why I've chosen to do it this way mm -hmm. is that us talking about it yeah. is way more powerful than me trying to say, mm -hmm. hey, you, this is how you are going to build belonging. This is how you are going to feel like you belong. <laughs> Exactly. Like, no, I, I'm not agree. pompous enough to think I can do that. I know. And I, that's why I really like this topic because in conversation, we might be able to start developing what that might look like for people as individuals yeah. or, but we can't just um, make assumptions. Maybe mm -hmm. that you belong here. I belong here. Yeah. I don't fit in here. I don't fit in there. Yeah. So my inability to describe that feeling might be a really good yeah. um a good indicator of how complex this topic is mm -hmm. but how necessary it is because if we feel like our children are not belonging or they're dropping out or they're not coming to school we need to talk about it more yeah i think that's true i did kind of as i was thinking about it not doing any research mm -hmm. but just thinking about this topic mm -hmm. one day it kind of came to me i was like oh crap does anything I do really affect how you belong? Mm -hmm. Like there might be practices that we can mm -hmm. do, but if, if a student gets it in their head mm -hmm. that they don't matter here, can you change that for them? Like, like there are, I have met students and middle school is a particularly difficult time because mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, you don't belong right now. Mm -hmm. Like you, you will, mm -hmm. if you let your, you know, mm -hmm. if you, let yourself open up and be vulnerable enough to let people in who love you or things like that, right? Mm -hmm. where, where it is a little bit complicated, but it's like there are always some of those students where no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try mm -hmm. to build these practices and teach them mm -hmm. these strategies and all these things, that it's still like, okay, they still feel like they have no one. Mm -hmm. They don't have no one, mm -hmm. right? But, mm -hmm. but if they have that feeling, mm -hmm. doesn't matter if I from the outside am like, no, no, you have lots of friends. You say you have no friends. You have plenty of friends. Your self-awareness isn't quite there. But does that even matter? Because if they're not feeling it, then we'll never, right? Then it's still a problem. So. so then as teachers, we can forgive ourselves when we are taking actions to support belonging, setting up conditions for belonging, taking actions specific actions as you said here mm -hmm. um but then forgive ourselves that there are a lot of factors this is oh, very yeah. personal this is very individual yeah. and but we can still keep trying 
Yeah. We give ourselves grace. Yeah. Give each other grace. We may be unicorns, <laughs> but we are not perfect unicorns. <laughs> we are not superheroes who can do everything. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to 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 fix every kid. I had a counselor tell me years ago when I was like going through the faculty event. I wasn't even a teacher yet, and she said, "You know, you're not going to save every kid." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I cried. I was like, what do you mean I'm not going to save every kid? You can't save every kid. Like, even just saying mm-hmm. that gives me tears in my yeah. eyes. But but you can. Yeah. And it's right? not our and job to save them. It's not our job. No, it's not our job to save them. And and can we... Can kids still learn from us, but not belong? So we have to consider that as well. Yeah. That there are kids in our schools... They might not feel like they belong, mm-hmm. but they are learning. Yeah. I wonder that as well. Like, I, the way I'm answering this question, I still had an education. I graduated from high yeah. school. I did not feel like I belonged in the mm-hmm. social aspect of mm-hmm. the high school, mm-hmm. but I learned. So, like, you made it through. And I made it through. Yeah. And I graduated high school yeah. and I made it. But my feeling of, really belonging was not there because that's so individual and I would not expect Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you know the teachers could Mm -hmm. not fill that need but the teachers in the school um we did have a sense of belonging because I lived in that community since for a long time I knew all the teachers I knew who my parents were Mm -hmm. like there Mm -hmm. was that those actions taken to mm-hmm. cultivate mm-hmm. belonging. Mm-hmm. But then as an individual, there was something that could not be filled by the school. Yeah. yeah. I do also think that some people need it more than others mm, to, yeah. to different degrees. Mm-hmm. And even with the different definitions mm-hmm. that you may feel, you may have felt a certain amount of belonging mm-hmm. in the sense of like, there were teachers there who you knew, thought you were doing well and mm-hmm. believed you were going to do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same as having this perfect circle of community mm-hmm. where everybody gets along and everybody like that that doesn't work. That's that's not that's authentic. Not that's not, <laughs> that's authentic, not authentic, right? Or whatever no. it is. But but there there's still that was one kind of kind of belonging. Yeah. But it may and maybe that's what you needed at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? It would have been better probably if you had some other form of it as well. But maybe you didn't really need it that much. Maybe, but also socially, if the if my peer group was not able to, like if I was not able to fit into a peer group, mm-hmm. the majority, like that's, I don't expect those teenagers to change. And no matter what you do as a teacher, they still have a life outside of your classroom. Yeah. I can't control. You can't mm-hmm. control that. And parents and their voices. yeah, and what they do so, on their phone yeah. and all kinds of right, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the culture of the school does matter. The culture of the school does matter because I don't want the opposite. I don't want a school of attempting to not be long. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's how we could figure out how to build it, though. Like, intentionally be like, how can we make every person feel isolated and uncomfortable? Okay, now let's do the opposite of these things. Let's do the opposite of that. Okay, so let's talk about all the awesome things that you are doing. (laughs) <laughs> because you keep you keep dragging us down this rabbit hole of sadness. Okay. But just just, no, just like, this is really hard. Which okay. it is. Um, not sadness though. Okay. I don't feel sad about it. Okay. I feel like it's individual. Yes. And it's 
if you don't belong somewhere, it doesn't equate to sadness. It's just not that, it's not a fit. Like, I just, I hope I'm not coming across as sad. I just want to emphasize the individuality of it, the mm -hmm. personalized, like, mm -hmm. that's so personal. And if mm -hmm. I don't fit in there, that's okay. To me. Mm. It's just, I, I don't quite, that's not, that's not it for me. That's interesting. Because yeah. I would say for me, in my own definition of belonging, yeah. if I don't belong, it does equate to sadness oh, for me. Okay. 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 And so that's interesting to me that it, that it doesn't for you, yeah. which I think does continue to emphasize that it is so personal and yeah. so different for people. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But having said that, then I guess I could, I guess I have to consider everyone's and I'm thinking back to my class. I would like to ask them, what do they think? What does that mean? What does it mean to belong? Do you want to add on to my project and have a second, you want to do the second half of the podcast? You go around and ask everybody what belonging is? Maybe. Let's ask 10-year-olds. It's amazing what happens when you ask 10-year-olds. They're pretty smart, What does smart, it mean to belong? Okay, next question. Okay, next question. <laughs> okay, so tell me. And don't just say that you aren't doing it because it's personal. <laughs> you weaseled your way okay. out of enough questions. You're right. Now, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, in your classroom mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. what does belonging look like or in your school? Because you say a lot of positive things about mm -hmm. your school. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's looking like? And that might be specific actions that mm -hmm. have been taken mm -hmm. or even just like a a sense or a feeling or okay. a description kind of thing. So greeting every student that at greeting every student in the morning every single day of my career. Okay. And if it doesn't happen, I'm sick and not there. Okay. So for 15 years I have <laughs> religiously done that. Greeting every single person, usually with a high five, saying their name, looking at them in the eyes. Um, right before they walk in so I can see, kind of get a sense of how they might be feeling okay. and to see, uh, just to see them and yeah. greet them and feel like someone really cares that they, yeah. they're there, but every single day. And I've always, uh, I've just always lived by that and I would feel, I mean, yeah, I just never let that go ever. Okay. I will cool. not change that one. Okay. okay. I don't like don't. change. And that one I will not change. Why would you? Don't change it. No. So, and then I say goodbye to them at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Always a high five as well. But a goodbye intentionally saying their name. Okay. So, I feel like that, it it might seem small to other people, but I feel mm -hmm. like when someone is greeting you and they're happy to see you every single day, religiously, no matter what. <laughs> Yeah. There's a consistency to that and a like I really care that you're here. Yeah. And I really want you yeah. to feel like you need to be here. So I guess that would be one thing. Um communication with parents and families as much as I can in a respectful way. Um just being open and communicating face to face as well. Mm -hmm. So not trying to deal with things over email or um, 
just always trying to talk to parents mm-hmm. and listen to their listen to them. And how do you get a face to face? Like, do you go out with the kids at the end of the day for pickup, or like, how do you see them? Well, I encourage parents to come in for meetings. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I noticed just over the years, parents will email a lot, and they'll try to do things over email, which I don't really mm-hmm. believe in. I feel like if we really belong, if we really are <laughs> a community, and yeah. everyone belongs here, let's come in and talk face to face. So I try. I think that's something. Um, I guess the opposite. If if I didn't really belong, if I was a child and I didn't really belong, my teacher probably wouldn't contact my students because they might not know. notice. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Okay. Language. Okay. Tell me more about language. I feel like over the years, I really am sensitive to the language that I'm using in the classroom with the group of children that I'm working with. Okay. And their age and their needs. So I I just think language is so powerful and the mm-hmm. words that we use are so powerful and we have a choice in terms of what we say to the children mm-hmm. that will make them feel welcome and safe or that mm-hmm. will make them feel like they mm-hmm. don't belong. Mm-hmm. So I guess the language of the teacher is really really important. Can respectful. You, can you give like an example? Like something you would say versus something you wouldn't say? Sarcasm. Mm. That's my downfall. Well, depending on the age, mm-hmm. I've just noticed over the years working with grade four, five, six, and I've just noticed sarcasm that does not work. Mm-hmm. And I've just decided not to use that because I know that it can be funny sometimes or it's mm-hmm. just you know there can be banter or mm-hmm. but I guess sarcasm actually I've made an intentional choice not to not to be sarcastic and I find that age group that I work with too they can misunderstand that yeah they the grade fours and fives they don't necessarily know if it's meant to be funny right. or they can misinterpret that so I guess sarcasm would be one example Um, that's a good example that is eliminated now but Mm -hmm. I've learned that over the years I Mm -hmm. guess but sarcasm can be tricky yeah with elementary kids collaboration okay talk more about that so before I before I taught at this school I was more in a job that was very isolated and um, you kind of worked alone you might have team meetings sometimes, but not often. You're kind mm-hmm. of on your own. Mm-hmm. And when I came to this school, it felt like a team was working for each mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. So that a team was surrounding our vulnerable students. Mm-hmm. And a team was a team was working to make the or to help the students feel like they belong and welcome and safe. And mm-hmm. so I would I think collaboration to support all students not collaboration to get things done and make life easy for the teacher but collaboration in support of all students yeah would be the way mm-hmm. would be a way to helping students yeah. feel belonging um, but if it's collaboration like you're going to go photocopy this and you're going to plan that and you're <laughs> going to go do that yeah that is not we'll all just share our photocopies yeah. at the end 
Okay, can you explain a little bit of the system that you teach in, like in mm -hmm. your school? Because it's quite an unusual mm -hmm. kind of setup. Can you explain mm -hmm. that a little bit? Sure. We I have a homeroom okay. with grade five students, with thirty students, and then we are part of a larger community with eighty-eight students. And in that team of in that team, we have three teachers. Okay. So we have a homeroom where we can advocate for our 30 students. Okay. And we can be the main point of contact with parents mm -hmm. for our 30 students. Okay. But then for the 88, we work collaboratively in terms of, I guess, in terms of instruction. Like, do you sometimes say, okay, all of these students are struggling with this same kind of math concept, so we all work together? Do that sort no. of thing or not really? No, we don't do that. Okay. So I guess what we what I could say is we I have a homeroom of thirty students and mm -hmm. I advocate for them, and I also ensure that their foundational skills in literacy and numeracy are supported as best I can as a teacher. Okay. So I'm responsible for assessment in literacy and numeracy. Okay. One hundred percent. Other subjects, um, French and PE and science and social studies and arts, mm -hmm. we work as a collaborative team. Interesting. So we, we try as best we can to use inquiry-based learning so that what we're, what we're experimenting with is if we notice that the children are really interested in, um, right now it's climate change, then I take a team of 30 and we are studying climate change. Okay. And then... My teaching partner takes another inquiry team, and my other teaching partner takes another inquiry team. Okay. And they would be doing two other topics. Two other topics. Something else. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So okay. we are responsible for our homeroom, and mm -hmm. the, we are the main contact for the parents of that right. homeroom, and um, major support meetings that we have to go to for our homeroom. Mm -hmm. But then we look at ourselves as teachers of 88 students. That's a lot. It is unique. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so maybe this is something else now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. uh, the trust. So we are on year six of our school, mm -hmm. and we were given a lot of time to build trust amongst our colleagues with each other, to mm -hmm. build trust, to build relationships, so that we could be collaborating and working mm -hmm. together and getting to this structure. Mm -hmm. That I wasn't in on the first year, but yeah. now I'm in this structure. Yeah. But our um, leadership gave us that time to develop trust. Mm -hmm. So our leadership also really emphasized the trust that we need to build with parents mm -hmm. so that this culture of trust really impacts everything we do. So we yeah. can go deeper and then... Mm -hmm. You know, you make me wonder about that sense of belonging too. Does that, does this go, does this align? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think trust is very, I don't want to say undervalued because people talk about it a lot, but often rather nonchalantly. It's like, oh yeah, well, everybody's got to trust each other. Well, I mean, I trust that you won't like drive me into oncoming traffic. That doesn't mean I trust that we can collaborate well together, mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. can say to you, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I don't know what to do. And you do something other than like, what? 
you, yeah. you're not good at that. Oh, yeah. right. Like there's, there's still way too much competition among teachers yeah. that I think is fostered like early on in like the yeah. program, getting into the programs yeah. a lot of the time where yeah. I'm like, there shouldn't be any, mm-hmm. why do we have any competition? Exactly. That's not helping anything. Yeah. So the system is the system creating a sense of belonging or is the system creating a sense of competitiveness? Especially with teachers trying to get into be administrators and different mm. positions. Mm-hmm. So, so the time it takes to develop trust, that doesn't happen overnight. That yeah. doesn't happen because we're just friendly. No. And acquaintances or the, the trust, no. that's a that's huge. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen in one year at a school. In my opinion, it happens no. over many years because you can trust the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you guys had much turnover in your school? Nope. Yeah. That makes such a huge difference too. Because mm-hmm. I see so many. Had so yeah, much and turnover. there's there's definitely a reason, but but often like I wonder like if something would have gone a little less good in that first year. Right when you guys were kind of testing the waters, mm-hmm. trying these things mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and more people would have left. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, you bring someone else in, and you go, "Oh, okay, so they're starting from the ground floor up again. Mm-hmm. They're on year one when I'm on year two. Okay, well then we're trying to figure this out, and and all these things. Because a lot of these schools, it's like they don't even have a chance if yeah. everyone's new all the time, or half the staff are new, or even like you know, in a, in a grade level, mm-hmm. four of the six teachers are mm-hmm. new, and all these things. It's like how do you mm-hmm. how do you build that? You almost want to say to them, like, just wait. Just yeah. just stay a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it's hard. And I know the drive is too long from where you mm-hmm. live or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? I know there's a better job somewhere, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But because I wonder about that. I do as well. And if the administration keeps leaving, mm-hmm. then they're – Which they do, hard. right? They cycle. Yeah. So I was at a school like that. It's hard to hold hope. Mm-hmm. Hold out hope that they will become – they'll stay. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. this one will stay. <laughs> Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> so I wonder, though, if you look at teams of teachers in those schools, if the teams, because I, I do, I am thinking of a school, and there is, there are some teams where they do, they have stayed at those yeah. schools. So if you can bring them into the team, can you bring them yeah. into the team? And then can you say, at our school, we work in teams. Yeah. This is the culture of our school. Now mm-hmm. we have a new leadership, but this is the culture of our school. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. if that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some, some schools don't talk that much about culture at okay. all. That's another factor. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you true. brought it up countless times. Mm-hmm. Like, and rightly so, because mm-hmm. it is so important. And I think belonging is a huge part of the culture you choose to build in your classroom in your school, yeah. and in your school district. That's right, because it makes it part of this school, staff, culture. Mm-hmm. Like, we constantly need to be asking that. Mm-hmm. And where are we going, and how are we doing? Mm-hmm. We might have a one year, but mm-hmm. then the next year, how are we doing the next year? Mm-hmm. And then the next year, mm-hmm. and how are the kids? Are we asking the kids? That's the one that is always a kicker for me. Because I'll ask people, okay, do your kids feel like they belong here? And they'll be like, yeah, they sure do. I'm like, how do you know? Oh, well, hmm. 
Well, we just kind of know. I mean, with some kids, they can actually show it on their face, but with a whole lot more of them, mm -hmm. you got to ask them. Mm -hmm. And the issue of some kids might say that, but they're trying to please the teacher. Mm -hmm. So that power relationship, they're just yeah. saying what you want to hear. Yeah. So how do we get authentic evidence of how these kids are actually feeling? Anonymous, regular yeah. scans. Like, how yeah. are we really... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting like I evidence. with my kids, I used Google Forms all the time mm -hmm. that they just got mm -hmm. so used to like, yeah, I, I want you to actually legitimately tell tell me how are you doing mm -hmm. right now? Yeah. How was this class? How was this mm -hmm. thing? Are you struggling with this? Whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. please tell me. I mm -hmm. want to know and I want to help. Mm -hmm. But and it's... in a trusting culture in mm -hmm. the school, the principal is also checking in and asking and the vice principal is asking mm -hmm. and our support team they're asking mm -hmm. and then we're coming back with the evidence and we're talking about the evidence in a culture of trust not I'm trying mm -hmm. to check up on you mm -hmm. and how and how's the teaching going in your, in your room like mm -hmm. no but we want to know mm -hmm. how you feel and we want yeah. to either keep that going or make changes or mm -hmm. whatever we could do but mm -hmm. how can we do that without trust in a school that we're all working for the same purpose and not to compete against each other. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've come up with a lot more questions and answers. Yep. That's my life. Which is which is great. <laughs> okay. I think that's I, I think if we ever find concrete this is this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we may not be looking at it largely enough. Maybe. Right. But then let's hold on. Let's celebrate the things that are working. Yeah. And hold on to those. Perfect segue. <laughs> Here's my question for you. Okay? okay. A teacher comes up to you and says, okay, I've seen what you're doing in your classroom. I love what you're doing in your classroom. I'm trying to build more belonging. I'm trying to build a community of trust. I'm trying to do these things. What's something, like a thing I can do in my classroom tomorrow that will help? The first thing that comes to my mind is everyone in the room listening to each other. Hmm. Okay, tell me more about that. Well, I would wonder, do we talk over each other? Do we stop everything and listen to the speaker, whoever it is? Do we look at them? Do we... Maybe this, maybe, <laughs> maybe this comes to my perspective of what belonging means, that someone listens to you and cares about what you have to say. Yeah. So in your class, does everything stop? If one person is speaking hmm. so that everyone hears it. I've been in many classrooms where people just talk over each other. There's lots of just lots of talk that I just find overwhelming sometimes. And I wonder if, if what kids feel mm -hmm. in those moments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas I wonder if you could assess, are people listening to each other in this room? Hmm. And can you, how do you assess that? Just go listen. Observe. Mm -hmm. And is that a regular part of the culture of the, of the class? Because mm -hmm. if you're not stopping to listen, why are we there? Yeah. How will someone know that what they're saying is valuable if no one stops to hear it? Mm -hmm. And then will I wonder if those the kids that I work with, then they would do that with each other. Right. So that when they're really listening to each other and they're really making like encouraging that feeling i mm -hmm. guess i'm i'm 
I'm noticing my words like making people feel this way. You can't make someone feel that way. No, but it's like, I wish you, I wish you, you know could. what I mean? Like just that safe space maybe, or that safe, like what you're saying matters to me and what. I, can't. Yeah. I mean, you say that we can't make people feel a certain way. Like there's a, I think it's a, an Eleanor Roosevelt quote, mm. quote that's like, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Oh, okay, yeah. And I always really struggle with that quote because mm. I'm like, but they sure can try. Like we can True. say that people don't make us feel. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that puts a lot of onus on the individual. Like mm-hmm. as much as it's it's a hard thing to say, like yeah. I can make you feel good. I sure can try though yeah right like i mean it, it, it's still like the individual mm-hmm. person it still is mm-hmm. that deeply personal thing because you can also try to make me feel really bad yeah <laughs> and often and, and somehow kids can be kids or adults well, whoever can all be really successful at that right mm-hmm. that's true yeah right so I, I think there is it's hard to i don't know it, it is hard to make someone feel something mm-hmm. but i think but i would hope that the conditions are set to Encourage. To help them to feel that way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And okay. then, yeah, I like this. Again, I like mm-hmm. this topic because it's it's not like you're ch- trying to build best friends or relationships or like, you know, you can't make kids be friends with each other. But but this sense of belonging, this this feeling like mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I, I I think that is something we can set the conditions for. And, and then, towards, yeah, work yeah. towards it, but then still recognize each individual mm-hmm. and their sense. Okay, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. anything else that you feel is really, like, fitting on your heart? I have said a lot. I have loved what you've had to say. <laughs> like, this interview has been totally different than the other ones I've been, but in such a wonderful way. I love it. It's awesome. Really? Yeah. In a good Cause, way. Yeah. I mean, I very much enjoyed my other interviews as well, but mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, I would say this conversation has not been linear. My other, my other interviews have been fairly linear. Oh, okay. Let's go from this point to this point, And we have not done that. And I think that that is great because I don't think this topic is linear no. and I love to make things linear. As do I. Like, it, like I love putting things in boxes. <laughs> I love putting things in order. And this project yeah. can't do that. And you've seen my learning map. Yeah. <laughs> you like putting things They're in linear. order. They're nice but linear. As I think, I don't think linear. linear. No. No, I don't think that way. And I... No. There are some things that I, like, puzzle out and process and then accomplish a linear thing to it. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's like, those make my heart happy. Like, mm-hmm. ah, ha, ha. This project isn't going to be like that. It's not, it's not going to, and, and I don't think it should. Because this project is worthwhile. I hope so. Yeah. I hope that someone other than me takes value out of it. But even mm-hmm. if not, I will take great value out of it. And then your children, your children will, your students will. So there That's you go. That's the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for welcome. talking with me. This has been wonderful. And I'm so excited to like, listen back and hear all your wisdom. <laughs> Make that face. You have great wisdom. (laughs) Truly. Thank you so much.